Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody, welcome to episode 190 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. As always, it's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts on what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views, although we do look into things that you ask us to. If you'd like to support the podcast, and if you can afford to, you can buy us a coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash the camping crew. Right, let's head off with some news. And they say no news is good news, but this is good news. Doesn't that An article went up today on the Irish Independent. And the headline there was, go ahead for a new Wicklow glamping site at Jack White's pub. Wicklow County Council has granted conditional approval for a new tourism hub complete with glamping huts and camper bays at a site adjacent to the historic Jack White's pub in Ballina Park in British Bay on the, I think it's the N11, isn't it? Yeah. Um, lodged by Jim Blue Limited in March, the greenlit application includes shepherd huts and a camper van glamping park comprising of 57 pitches along with reception, office and a shop, toilet, shower block, car parking located to the rear side of the iconic pub. That's in today's Irish Independent, the 8th of November, and the headline there is Go Ahead for New Wicklow Glamping Site at Jack White's Pub. And if you look at our Twitter, our X, I actually shared a link to that article as well. Absolute brilliant news. And there's a load of applications that we've been mentioning throughout the season and we'll be keeping an eye on them. And again, if you hear of anything that we've missed out on on new spots, please do get in touch and let us know about it. Uh, Ricky McAvoy was on to me on Ireland Campervan Experience. I put a thing up there during the week that we've hit over 600,000 views on Charlie and me. Well done. And he sent me a mail saying nothing to do with that, but he tagged it on that. And he said, hey, Aaron, could you please publicize the fact that Middleton in Cork has been very badly affected by flooding and the businesses are reopening and they need the campers help. Now, as you know, there is a camping air in Middleton down beside the distillery and it's a brilliant facility and it's been used by camper vans. He said, I asked Councillor Liam Quaid of East Cork Green County Councillor if he would ask the Market Green Shopping Centre could we stay over a few nights if we were spending in this lovely town, which has great food and lots of things to do, i.e. distillery tours and river walks? And the answer was a resounding yes. So Market Green Shopping Centre will allow us to stay over in the car parks free of charge if we want to go around and spend a few bob in Middleton. And indeed, they did really get hit bad with the floods. So Dave being good to us, I think it's only fair if you're down that way, spend an old night or two in Middleton, have a pint, have a bite to eat, do a bit of Christmas shopping and show them that we're really grateful that they have supported us over the years. Yeah, fair play to Ricky for taking on that initiative and asking Councillor Liam Quaid to organise that as well. And, you know, fair play to the boat for, for that. And uh, of course, the Market Green Shopping Centre. And I'm sure we've all seen those pictures of all the floods yeah. kind of in and around Cork and Waterford, for that matter, and Wexford and uh, across all the parts of the country. If we could do anything to support the towns and businesses, it'd be great. As one of the big shopping centres says, every little helps. So if you're down around Middleton, down around Cork, do stop over for a night and do a little bit of shopping down there. Yeah, and uh, I must say, I've spent a bit of time in Middleton myself. Now, it's a lovely little town. It's a nice little shopping town as well, but some nice little pubs and food places are spectacular as well. So well worth a, a stop over, I think. 
Online chatter, I see that Linder's mobile home park where myself and Charlie have been uh, twice on Charlie and me air camping vlog to review this year. They're in Port Ran in Dublin. They've extended their season until November 28th. Now, one of the things, especially for winter camping that I like about Linder's, if there's a gig in Dublin, it's not too far to get a cab or a bus or drive if you're going to what used to be the Point Depot, I don't know what it's called now. It has had more name changes than Prince because a lot of people would stay in the likes of Camac Valley because you can get a bus and a taxi or the Lewis or whatever. And Linders is on the far side of the city. So I just saw uh, on their Facebook page that they have now extended their season until November 28th. Yeah, and if you wanted to do a, a few days in Dublin for whatever reason, you know, you're coming from the northern side uh, mm-hmm. Down that way, you know, it might be handier to stay there. Uh, and yeah. people coming kind of from the south and the east would be passing Camel Valley before that as well. So look, a couple of different options there. And also there's quite a few options uh, in and around Wicklow too. But no, it's great that they are extending. It just means that they probably have uh, visitors out. And, yeah. You know, besides all the rain, it is kind of warmer than normal, I think. Yeah, but we're getting into the cold weather and I love camping in the cold weather. So look, if you're interested in a bit of winter camping, it's great to see another place has extended opening hours and we've added it to the list of places that are open during the winter. So till November 28th. Uh, listeners, follow ups, uh, messages, shout outs. Limerick Air, we're on to you during the week. Yeah, on our last podcast, we put out a, an appeal to the listeners, you know, to, to send us on their questions or comments, thoughts on that. And in fairness, now we got a great response. We want to encourage people to uh, to keep that up. But um, yeah, Limerick Air was on and says, hi, guys, love the podcast. So much brilliant information. I, I would love a podcast um, based on the following topic, the negative perception of people who don't own a motorhome or caravan on the people who do own one. And how we can positively work together to change this perception. There's another question as well, but that's a, a an interesting one, Aaron. Um, you know, I think we've spoken about this on an earlier podcast as well. So I, I see that out there. You know, you have kind of people who are oblivious to motorhomes, campervans, but there are a, a small amount of people out there who just get vile and vicious when they see a campervan. Yeah. I remember one time I was parked in a, a McDonald's perfectly legally, not blocking up a, a, any bays. And some fella came over hammering on the window and started shouting at me, how dare you? And I was in the children were small at the time. How dare you park a motorhome in here? And I, got, I just didn't suffer yeah. him at all. Like I said, yeah. away you go, like, you know, but, you know, there are a certain cohort that just completely anti motorhome and caravanning and caravan. I suppose my first thought on what we can do from a, to improve the perception is lead by example. You know, mm-hmm. always leave a place that you stay in with no trace. Take up one parking space, not not more than one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're in a shopping centre, I always park in the furthest space away. Away, yeah. So there's yeah. hundreds of spots between me and the front door. If you pull up to an area that only has 10 spaces, don't be number 11. You see, I, I would love to do this. I would love to put on a branded T-shirt with the podcast and Charlie and me, grab a microphone, a recording system and go... But I would go to the likes of Quans, where there are in Dungarvan, where there are 10 parking spaces. But I guarantee you that 10 or 11 houses there will say, look, that's fine. But it's when 11, 12, 13, 14 and 15 park where they shouldn't. So you're going to get a lot of negative there. You'll get one or two who'll say, look, you're doing a grand job. You're not bothering me. But then if you go to somewhere, a town, if, if you go to the likes of Carrick here, where you don't see many camper vans or anything, you're going to get a totally different 
perception. So, what I see, you don't see uh, uh, the complaints as much in the campervan and caravan and motorhome groups. Where yeah. you tend to see them are in the local community groups. Yeah. Like we have a group here in Tremor, and often you see someone, oh look, a campervan parked here, or a motorhome did this, or. I, I do see a lot of people who are in the motorhome community jumping in to say, hey, look, we're not all like this. You know, this yeah, is yeah. this is not us. This is a certain individuals. You know, this is a people problem, not a community, yeah. a motorhome community problem. And I think the best advice I can give from my own experience is jump on and support and let people know that we're not all like this. Yeah, there, there is. And I would be the first to say, and I have said to people, yes, we're not all saints. Unfortunately, it's the minority that are getting us the bad name. But look, um, Limerick Air, it's something that we will look into. I think it would make a great podcast to have non-campervan, caravan, camping people give their expression, be they positive or negative perception on us as a group. We love the listener suggestions, Aaron, and other little tips and tricks for improving the whole perception, you know, of um, motorhomes, caravans and campervan people. uh, uh, they had another question in there as well. Um, also, what should a person do in the event of a blowout? I've seen so many blowouts in France this year. Also, how to correctly check tyres and stuff before a trip. Well, with the tyres and that before any long trip, I, I tend to bring them to um, one of the tyre specialists and get those checked out. You know, they're your, they're your contact with the ground, so you need to make sure that they're all perfect. So, if you're not sure, if you're not kind of technical or handy, take it down to some of the tar mm-hmm. guys and they'll check it out for you and make sure that that's just. But in terms of blow, and I was doing some research and on the uh, RSA.ie site, they have a document there and they give some suggestions. You know, my first suggestion is make sure the tires you're driving on are in the best condition. They're good quality tires and you check them reg- or you get them checked regularly by professional. But what they say is many blowouts our breakdowns are a result of tar failure. Not only are, are these dangerous uh, by themselves by causing loss of control, but the resulting debris may cause significant significant hazard to road other road users. A sudden deflation of a front tire can result in a loss of steering control. If this happens, you should number one keep a firm grip on the steering wheel. Number two, be aware of any traffic on your left hand side. Number three, signal and move to the left. They say try to steer a steady course to the left, reduce your speed gradually and avoid harsh braking. Try to bring the vehicle to a halt under control as close to the left as possible. They say if a rear tire in your vehicle or even a trailer deflates suddenly, the effects may not be quite as severe. So on a large vehicle, you may hear the characteristic loud bang of a tire blowout. If this happens, you should always stop as soon as it's safe to do so and check all the tires of your vehicles. And they said, it's important to regularly check the condition of the tires, the air pressure to ensure that the wheel nuts are tightened to the manufacturer's specifications. It's important that these checks are routinely carried out if your vehicle breaks down, break, if this is really important as well, if your vehicle breaks down on a motorway, you should pull into the hard shoulder and stop as close to the left as possible. Do not attempt to carry out even minor repairs on a motorway. Switch on the hazard lights, but do not attempt to place a red warning triangle on a motorway. Call the emergency services or use the roadside emergency telephone to inform the guardie of your situation. Do not cross the motorway to get an emergency telephone on the other side. If something falls from your vehicle, onto the motorway, do not attempt to recover it yourself. So look, yeah, yeah. all really important advice. And that's from the RSA. Uh, I'll, I'll 
see if I can find that article and, and link it, but it's called Health and Safety for a Professional Driver. So it's some really good advice there uh, as well. But look, the, the best thing you can do is to make sure before you go on any journey that your tyres are... Tires. Yeah, especially this time of the year. Yeah. Any time of the year, but especially on winter driving conditions with wet roads and icy roads. And if you're not confident in yourself, get a professional to do it. Now, one thing, I did get a blowout on the A-class that we had. She was a tag axle and one of the back axles, left-hand side, got a blowout. Um, uh, I was actually coming from Mahan Falls, so I was on a fairly skinny road. It was an R road. But like that, I just pulled over because it wasn't a motorway. Um, I, you, you tend to want to just jam on and say, Jesus, what is that? try not to so i did just pull over put the hazards on because i wasn't on the motorway i did put out my red triangle and then i rang the aa to come and help me because i didn't have a jack i did have a spare wheel so use your head but the first thing i would say is try not your instincts will be to jam on because you'll hear a bang or see debris you know just stay calm is the best thing stay calm and then do it chris was just saying get over to the left as safely quickly as you can get hazards on get your high-vis jacket on and if it's on a motorway do not attempt to repair it or run across the road because that sos phone is closer than the one 200 yards down the road that's it so um we had a, a message there uh, an email sorry from dave um, and he says uh hi chris and Aaron." Started listening to your podcast this year after we got our first caravan. We've been campers in a tent for 15 plus years, but moved to a caravan after a European road trip last year and have been slowly discovering the world of caravans. Our first trip this year was to Doolin and the kids loved your review videos and especially the drone footage. You mentioned on the last podcast about taking motorhomes to France for the rugby. We're planning our France trip next year. And it was only this week that my wife spotted that the Olympics are in Paris next year uh, and folks are already seeing 2024 prices going up. One to watch out for. That could be really good, actually. Mm -hmm. He says, now that I have a 25 foot um, twin axle behind me, I've been going through the various sat-nav apps as well. I've ended up settling on TomTom Go and Via Michelin for for travelling around and co-pilot GPS for looking at trying to avoid sat-navs taking us down Boreens. TomTom Go Michelin are my go-to as they have better maps for petrol station and rest stops and we use them for the long parts of the drive. But even with the co-pilot GPS having our dimensions, I regularly test it out by asking it to take me from home to South Dublin to Irish Ferries Terminal in Dublin Port. It has interesting ideas about how I should get there and only recommends the M50 port tunnel if traffic in town is busy. Needless to say, I've no intention of driving my rig into town. Anyway, long way of saying that if you can sign up for a trial of any app, it's good to test them all out with various routes. Most of the ones I've tried have allowed me to adjust the start position so I can see what it thinks of my route. A good way to validate it's, it's to truly avoid ending you up on small roads. Thanks for your podcast. Enjoy the off-season, Dave. I think what Dave is saying is give it routes that you know yeah, and see if it gives you the same suggestions back or if it's sending you down a... Laneways. A, 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 a tight a laneway. Bo- a boring, you know? yeah. So I think yeah, that's I, a great suggestion for testing an app and seeing if it works for you. I gave up on, on the... I have the TomTom in the camper and I don't think I've used it in five years since we bought this camper because it's, it's smaller. I use the GPS, but in France, Deirdre uses maps. I'm allowed to have 
the GPS on, but I must turn off the volume. And I'd say to her, OK, it's telling me to take a right up here. Should I? She look at the map and if it's a, no, no, go again. And then, of course, it does the recalculating. But we're not allowed to have volume on, but I'm allowed to watch the GPS. But seven times out of ten, we go to the paper map. But that's a great idea if you can get free versions or download a, a test version. Try it out. So I know how to get to your house from here, but I should put it in with the dimensions and see what way it sends. What me. way it sends, yeah. yeah. Like, what I think a lot of sat-navs are missing is they give you like the fastest route or the shortest route. But what I want is the easiest route. Yes. Yeah. There's no sat-nav that I've seen that gives you the easiest route. No. So the route that takes you on the biggest, widest roads for for camper fans and that yes yeah uh steven was a no jack was on via instagram and he says hi lads i just have a question about spanish campsites and car roof tents is it generally acceptable to occupy a camper van spot in a campsite with a car and roof tent love the podcast by the way it's really spurred on my interest and passion for camping cheers lads i would say if you book a pitch you book a pitch as long as you don't book a pitch and turn up in a 40 foot truck after saying that, oh, Jay's no, it's just myself and the wife in the van. I would think a pitch is a pitch. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't been to to, to Spain in, in, in the vans now. Maybe some of our listeners have and they could tell us. I would imagine I've seen lots of Jeeps and cars yeah. and vans with roof tents on them. All the campsites are across the summer out camping. So here it's definitely the norm. Yeah. Um, I can't see why it wouldn't be in, in Spain. You know, I suppose... If you're not, if you're, you know where you're going to be stopping off, check out before you book. Maybe give them a ring or drop them an email or something and say, look, we've got this set up. Is this okay? But I can't see a reason why not. But look, I'm not speaking from experience that I haven't been in Spain. So if anyone has been in Spain, some are just gone. Have they seen many cars with roof tents there? We've been in Spain and we haven't seen many cars with roof tents, but they are a lot more, a lot more popular since COVID. Because a lot of people yeah. wanted to get out. So, but we were there pre-COVID and wouldn't have seen many. In fact, I never knew they existed until we interviewed Dave on Buckled Wheel, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that that was even, that's probably three years ago now since we chatted with Dave. But I've seen just a, a massive jump last Big summer time. gone in yeah. the amount of vehicles, even just driving around town. Yeah, yeah. With them constantly on the roof. roof tent on it at this yeah, stage, yeah. you know. I see four or five of them here in, in Carrig as well. So they are popular. So if any of you guys, as Chris said, have been in Spain last year or even this year, have you seen an increase? Do you think there'll be a problem? Jack, I don't think you'll have a problem. I think a pitch is a pitch. Yeah. And they are fantastic, low cost entry into the camping, mm-hmm. you know, the, the traveling and camping kind of um, world. Uh, Stephen from Limerick is on. You got a message from him during the week. Um, Stephen says, just trading my motorhome for a 1992 model. Rear seats are lengthways, so to make up double bed, just wondering what the law is for carrying passengers as no safety belts. Years ago, if seats were not facing forward, they did not need them, like minibuses from years ago. Thanks from Stephen Limerick. And Stephen, uh, as for stickers, which you sent on as well. Um, I sent that question to Karen in Motor Camping Club of Ireland. And that's who I'm insured with. I kind of had an idea of the answer, but she got in touch with the insurance company and she said, this is the reply from Karen. She said, hi, Aaron. If no seatbelts are fitted in the rear of a camper, you cannot carry any passengers on those seats. From the insurance end and the law, you can only carry passengers with belted seats. 
That's why it is important for people to check their logbooks when purchasing a campervan to ensure the correct amount of seats, belted seats, are on the logbook. The law is you must wear a seatbelt. No seatbelt, penalty points. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, black and white, I think, Aaron. I actually meant, I thought I had it here. I remember reading the logbook for the VW because the VW comes with back seats and no seatbelts. And I just kind of remember when I was getting a tax insurance, my van, the VW, has only two seats. Even though there is back seats, which is the rock and roll bed, it only has two seats. So I think that is a very good point. Check the logbook. It'll tell you how many seats and it'll only tell you belted seats. So if it says it's a four seater, it's a four seater. You can get seatbelt kits, fit them, but you have to get a structural, um, an automotive engineer to sign off on them. He'll come, he'll check that they're bolted properly to, to a structure, give you a cert, and then you can notify your insurance. And then the logbook can be changed to a four seater. That's what it's going to do. Yeah, you have to yeah. update your logbook. Yes. Uh, at that stage as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so that makes yeah. that makes absolute sense. Yeah. But Stephen, thank you for that. Much appreciated questions. And like that, like with Stephen and, and people, Jack, getting in touch with us on Dave, please do, if you have any questions whatsoever that you can think, or if you have any further information on any topic that we've covered in the last 190 podcasts, please do get in touch. We'll give you the contact details in a couple of minutes. You got away camping without me this week. I did. Last we week. were at a concert in uh, Wexford uh, last Thursday. The Waterboys were playing down there. Always amazing gigs. I've seen them uh, hundreds of times at this stage. A few of us went down. We were off on the Friday, so we stayed over at the uh, Ferryband campsite in Wexford, and the weather was just happened to be glorious and bone dry. A little bit windy, but fantastic. It's a lot of great. So I like staying in Ferrybank. It's so handy for Wexford town. We had um, some fantastic grub in the hotel just next to the campsite so we went over to the concert well fed and had a bit of a buggy and a few beers it was great and then walked back as it was just you were saying it was just on the keys across the bridge yeah straight back into the campsite and then we had a bit of a cook up for breakfast the next morning it was great and Ferrybank is open all year check out their website and they do deals so keep an eye on their social media because they might do deals where this weekend it's only 20 quid a night and free electricity or whatever so keep an eye on Ferrybank's social media yeah, we got away for a weekend as well. Since the last podcast, we were down for the bank holiday weekend in the getaway with Hillary and the gang was great. Unlike your ferry bank experience, we got lashed on. We got lashed on Friday night, Saturday night, but Sunday was fantastic, wasn't it? Yeah, well, look, Saturday wasn't too bad. If Sorry, Sunday, sorry, Sunday was fantastic. We went and did the hike up to the mast from the campsite, myself and the kids. And uh, Saturday morning, we left at about half 10, 11 o'clock and the weather... Uh, was grand leaving. We had one tiny shower near the top for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the walk up and down, um, it was dry, except the footpath up to the mass was just an was absolute river. But, uh, so definitely if you're going to do that out of season, bring waterproof boots. Yeah. But yeah, the rest of the weekend was was a, a case of sitting in the van and just chatting for the weekend and uh, the, the nook that's there. It was gas when you and the kids are going up the mountain. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Byrne came over and said to Deirdre, will we take the dogs for a walk? And I said, off you go. I decided to switch on the telly as I do. <laughs> so Deirdre put on her jacket, put on Charlie's harness, stepped out of the camper. And I'm going, oh, thanks be to God. Now I'm going to have a can of Coke, a packet of crisps, watch a bit of Jack Reacher. Next minute, the door opens. Deirdre, Lucia and the three dogs back into the camper. The heavens opened literally 
for 10 minutes the heavens opened and then they went off so that could have been the shower that you guys got caught in but again the getaway in Dungarvan is open all year round it was a busy weekend the holiday weekend wasn't it the Halloween weekend fairly full yeah yeah absolutely was and uh, a good weekend it's the kind of campsite that's great for doing that little bit of hiking and nothing else, you know, just chilling out. It's a real chilling oh, yeah. place. Yeah, because it was, was a Friday night. We were down in the nook and we met um, the chap that was living in that big Mercedes camper van that has been touring the world with his wife. And I was just, you know, we met a couple of people who followed Charlie and me and listened to the podcast. But yeah, I'm not into the hiking. When I saw you guys heading off, I went, yeah, good luck at that. Although one of your kids convinced me she was going in her Crocs. And then I kind of went, well, <laughs> you know who your father is. I can understand. But uh, yeah, another campsite that's open all year round and definitely worth it. We were there for the holiday. Halloween weekend and uh, I, I can't wait I'm hoping to get away this day week today's Wednesday when when we're recording this I'm hoping to get away this, this day week in the VW which brings us nicely on to Charlie and me uh, a video so went, what's on Charlie and me this week yeah <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it Chris a video went up this morning it was literally three minutes long just to give people an update on the van build the van is finished about five weeks the whole van build was finished i was just waiting to get graphics and a bit of branding and we had a gearbox problem which you will know about especially if you follow me on on instagram we got it sorted the van is now branded all i'm waiting for is the swivel seat but i can go camping without that so i'm hoping this day week myself and charlie are going to head off camping that video will go up on the friday it'll be showing you the finished complete van we'll have a chat with rocky we'll have a chat with pa and that is it. And that will also be the end of season six of Charlie and Me, our camping vlog and the final van build video. Now, speaking of, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on Twitter, but I'm selling the Fiat 500 with the A-frame. Now, I threw it up on done deal yesterday in campers and caravans because I feel it, it's, it's not a hassle, but it's going to cost me a few bob to take off the A-frame. And that A-frame is only suitable for a Fiat 500 pop. So I've put it up for sale on Done Deal as a camper van under the camper van heading. Uh, it's there if you want to see it and give us a buzz. All the contact details are there. Uh, if there's no interest with the A-frame, I'm just going to take off the A-frame. But that A-frame is really, I'm not going to sell it because it's no good to anybody unless it's a Fiat 500 pop. That was a bit of a shameless plug, Aaron. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw it in there because I have a bit of control. Right, <laughs> let's move on and, and finish up with Camp Life. What have you got for us? It's fantastic, though. As you said, anybody with a big rig and uh, wanted to have the, the car with them, it's definitely worth looking it's, at, you know. It's funny, when I put it up on my Facebook and on Instagram, Jason from Limerick Airs is just back from the UK after having a tow bar fitted and an A-frame to his car. And I'm going, <laughs> should have rang me. So yeah. he said, you're the only other person I know with an A-frame and now hopefully soon enough you won't have but yeah look it's up there on done deal fiat 500 look under the camper van section now let's move on to camp life camp life yeah so we spoke earlier about the perception of that we give or how we improve the perception of us campers to the non-campers well i was just brooding around the the, the corners of the internet and I found a, a site on cork county council's uh, website that's cork coco.ie and the heading of that page is Cork County Council Motorhome Code of Conduct. It's similar to enough to the Code of Conduct that we have on our own page and we spoke mm-hmm. with numerous times but I think it's worth having a read through. It's a fair play to Cork County Council for putting something like this on their site. So the first, so what this is to ensure the best possible experience at the Cork County Council sites 
you know, uh, around Cork, uh, in particular, they have a picture of Cove up there. Mm-hmm. Um, says, we ask all motorhome users to, number one, plan ahead, respect the environment and support local businesses while you explore Cork. Which is what we were saying about get down to Middleton and help them out. And another thing, if it's not in air, is to book a site. Because there's nothing worse than driving up and then it's especially during the peak season. Oh, sorry, we're full. Yeah. But like and when you're going supporting the local business as well, tell them that you're camping in Cove or tell them that you're, you know, in Dungarvan, Quans or wherever you happen mm-hmm. to be. Let people know that this is even a pub. Oh, we're just staying up the road, like in the campsite, you know, where came and said we'd support the local businesses, you know, brag about it, you know. And yeah, definitely book a site if you can. Just you know, I know some sites are you turn up and availability and obviously, mm-hmm. but where an option is there, definitely book. Another recommendation they give is always choose to park in an approved location. So somewhere that's designated for motorhomes, be that a campsite, an air or whatever. And as we mentioned, respect your environment. Use the on-site disposal systems that are there. Don't go putting all of your waste in a big black sack trying to squeeze it into a street bin. Dispose of all grey and black water properly. And do not use beaches and public toilets or waterways for emptying your wastewater. Respect the environment. Yeah, really important. And look, uh, again, keep dimension. Please keep noise to a minimum in the evening. You know, that's one thing you do see a lot, you know, with noisy people here, noisy people there, you know, keep the noise down if you can. And I Not love what they can. say. Just keep the noise down. Just keep it down. <laughs> yeah, I love what they say. Make a million memories, but leave no trace. Take your litter away if there are no facilities and bring them to your local recycling facilities and bring banks. And this is on the corkcoco.ie. And on that page is a map of motorhome parking sites in County Cork. And that's worth just hanging on to. As you know, if we go to shameless plug, charlieandme.ie, we have a map of all the places we've reviewed. But this is a designated map of the Cork region that shows, like, for example, in Carrigaline, that there are places that you can actually dump your water. Yall is there. Glanmire is there. Um, there's just lots and lots. And then campsites. There's lots and lots of places. So take a look at that. It's corkcoco.ie. Read up on the Cork County Motorhome Code of Conduct. But click on the link that shows you the map if you are heading to Cork or failing that. Go to charlieandme.ie and click on our map. I'll share them out on Twitter or X. And what I'll do as well, I'm going to set up a page on our own web page with all the links that we mentioned on the podcast going mm-hmm. forward. Uh, you know, a lot of the other links might have expired, but going forward, I'm going to just put links there. So if you go to our own page, you should get some of those links there. That'll take me a couple of days to get set up, but I'll definitely tweet them out in the meantime, you know. I want um, to say a big thank you to Jack and to Stephen and Limerick Air and Dave for getting in touch and asking us questions and giving us a bit of information. We love hearing from you. Uh, just your messages, your ideas, campsite suggestions, reviews, talking about products or any news items that you think we should be discussing on the podcast. Please do get in touch. But for you to do that, you need all of our contact details. And here is the contact king. Our email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. Our webpage is thecampingcrew.ie. On Twitter, we're the Camping Crew 
or sorry, we're at the camping crew. On Instagram, we're at the camping crew podcast. Facebook, you'll find us posting in the, all the good motorhome and camping groups. And um, we'd love you to email uh, any audio messages to us or questions or suggestions or reviews. Um, if you want to hear yourself on the podcast, we'd love to do it. Aaron will make you sound all wonderful and fuzzy and and all that good stuff as well. So we'd love to to hear some audio messages as well. After working with Chris, that's an easy thing to do to anybody. We also want to remind you about Charlie and Mayor Camping Vlog on YouTube. It's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and Mayor Camping Vlog. And we have our sister website, campsitereview.com. You can log on to the forum there, ask questions or just, just read up on questions. And of course, we have charlieandme.ie. That is it. Episode 190. As you know, for the winter, we're just doing it um once a month. So the next one will be around this time, about the 8th or 9th of December, uh, getting us closer to Christmas. Thank you for all of your input. Can I remind you, I met a couple in the getaway in Dungarvan and she said, I know you always say on the podcasts, call up and see us, but she says, I didn't want to interrupt you. Please do. If you see us on a campsite during the summer, over the festive season, during the winter, please do call up and say hi, because we love meeting you guys. From me, Aaron, stay safe this winter. And it's a good one for me, Chris. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe to us, follow us and tell all your camping friends about us. Well, that's it for another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.